Amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. And we do appreciate your presence here with us today. We are uh, very mindful of the fact that you could have done a lot of different things today. You could have slept in, you could have gone to another church or another event, but you chose to be here. And we appreciate that. And we know uh, and we hope this time is worthwhile for you as we worship together. I do conclude my series, Keep the Faith, today. Uh, talking about when dealing with difficult people, and I'm going to dive into that in a second, but would remind you there is a devotional guide for you in the bulletin each and every week. Please take advantage of that. It's a great way to live with the message during the week, uh, both for you individually and perhaps as a group. Uh, Also, as a reminder, there are sermon transcripts and the narthex, if that's something that uh, you choose to have to review messages from the previous weeks. It's all there to support you and and your growth in the faith. Uh, But for now, let us be in an attitude of prayer together. Eternal God, we do thank you for the gift of another Sunday of worship, the beautiful music through instruments and voices, the prayers, the praise, the fellowship of one another, just to be part of this congregation as a blessing, Lord, and most of all, we sense and feel your presence and now, Lord, I, I, I plead with you, I beg you to be with me during this time. You have given me the amazing privilege and responsibility of preaching your word to these, my friends, and your servants, Lord, a task I always need your strength in order to do. So, Lord, please speak to me and through me in such a way that all of us receive a word from you that will make a difference to our lives. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, today, as I conclude this series, Keep the Faith, I want to talk about a subject that all of us can relate to, dealing with difficult people. And by difficult, I mean all the categories, the complainers, the haters, the criticizers, the manipulators, the the whiners, the bullies, the gossips, just fill in the blank. Anybody know anyone like that who fits one of those categories? I'm sure you do. So today we're going to explore some wisdom that works when it comes to dealing with difficult people. Now, by a show of hands, how many of you really know a difficult person? Yeah? Now, how many of you have worked with or currently work with a difficult person? Yeah? How many of you live with a... Never mind, don't raise your hand on that. Now, if none of you raised your hand, you need to get out more, okay? You really do. Now, the truth is all of us have to deal with difficult people. We do. Some of you work with difficult people. Some of you have family members who are very difficult. And the truth is some of us do live with difficult people. It's just the truth. Now, I must confess, as a pastor, our lives are not just filled with Bibles and leather chairs and candles and the hallelujah chorus. When you're a spiritual leader of a large community of faith, you're going to have to deal with difficult people. Amen, Pastor Andy and Nikki? You are. It's just, it's just a reality. And the problem is, there was never a class in seminary on how to deal with difficult people. I mean, you didn't see a list of classes that showed Old Testament theology, systematic theology, how to deal with difficult people in the church. It just wasn't there. 
So over the years in ministry, I have learned the hard way how to deal with difficult people. And I have made mistakes. And through that journey, I have learned some, some wisdom that has helped me, that has liberated me, that has really made a difference to my life when it comes to my ministry. And I have a hunch that there are some of you, if not all of you, who would like to hear some of that wisdom today. Because some of you do have those family members that belittle you. And it's just driving you crazy. Some of you do have that neighbor who gossips about you and others and tries to sabotage you. You do have maybe those in-laws that criticize you all the time. And nothing you do is ever, ever good enough. You do have those people. Maybe you live with them who blame you and other people for their problems and never take responsibility. And on and on the list goes about those people in your life. And so the question is, how do you deal with people like that? How do you respond to people like that? How do you handle people like that? Maybe you are tired of being angry and feeling awkward when you're around people like that. But is there a way to deal with those folks to respond to them in a way that you won't regret? Is there a way to respond to people like that that won't get you arrested? Amen? Is there a way to respond to people like that, most of all, that won't compromise your faith? There was a time in my life, I'll be honest with you, when I was dealing with a very, very difficult person and I was asking those very questions and I was really struggling with this person, having a hard time with this person, and I began to pray about it. Lord, you got to help me. And through that experience, I was revealed a passage of scripture that was really a game changer for me. I mean that. A passage of scripture that liberated me when it, when it comes to dealing with that difficult person, and enabled me and empowered me to do it. And the other thing is this. This very passage of Scripture gave me a blessing when it comes to dealing with difficult people. You heard that right. This passage of Scripture has taught me that I can receive a blessing when I deal with difficult people properly. So I want to share this passage of scripture with you today, I really do, because I believe if you apply its wisdom to your life today, you too can be liberated and enabled to deal with that difficult person today that is really a challenge, and you can receive a blessing. So let's dive right in. The passage comes from 1 Peter, the letter of 1 Peter. And this is a great letter to read when it comes to dealing with difficult people. Why? Because it was written to persecuted Christians. See, at the time this letter was written, Christians had been thrown out of Jerusalem. And they were spread out over all of Asia Minor. And the Roman government was pouncing on them in all kinds of different ways. And why? Because they said, Jesus is Lord, when for the Romans only Caesar was Lord. And so the writer of 1 Peter is addressing those persecuted Christians and says, this is how you respond to people who are against you. Let's begin in verse 9. It says, Do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but on the contrary, repay with a blessing. Did you read that? What an epic idea. That was a wild idea back then, and that's a wild idea today. Because listen, church, back then it was actually lawful to retaliate. It was lawful to get back at someone who was against you. 
And in some ways, that idea is still acceptable for many people in our culture today. But the writer of 1 Peter is saying this, as followers of Jesus Christ, that is not an option. That is not how we respond. We don't get even. We don't retaliate. In fact, we go in the opposite direction, a whole nother step. When someone insults you, when someone hates you, you return that anger and that hate and that evil with goodness and love. And 9b, it says this. Next, it is for this you were called that you might inherit a blessing. So as followers of Jesus Christ, to respond to difficult people this way, it's what we're called to do. It's not a suggestion. It's not an option. It's really a command from Jesus Christ. We are called to do it. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that's what you're called to do. But how do you do it? If you think it's difficult, I want to say this. What does the verse say? If you do it, you will receive a blessing. What kind of blessing? Well, let's read on. In verses 10 and 11, it says this. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. You see, the writer of 1 Peter was quoting Psalm 34 here, talking about making sure we keep the peace. Now, I know when we're dealing with difficult people, the last thing we want to do is to keep the peace. The last thing that's on our mind is to have peace and to make peace. So how in the world do we do that? Maybe you're sitting there and thinking, Charlie, you don't know my situation. You don't know this difficult person. You don't know how challenging my life is. How in the world can I do that, Charlie? Take a look in verse 12a. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears, look at this, are attentive to their prayer. How do we repay evil with blessing? By knowing And understanding that God is there cheering us on, empowering us to do it. How? Through prayer. What a concept. Let me ask you, have you ever prayed for a difficult person? Have you ever prayed for God to help you with a difficult person? It works. I'm here to testify. It works. But let's keep reading. 1 Peter 3.15, it says, Do not be intimidated, but in your heart sanctify Christ as Lord. 1 Peter is reinforcing the fact that we don't act on our own power. When people are against us and they're throwing darts of evil at us, we don't act on our own power. The closer we draw to Jesus Christ, the more we will experience his power to do what he calls us to do. But take a look next. It says this. Always be prepared to give an answer, this is amazing, to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Now, oftentimes, we repeat this verse out of context, and it's a good idea. Always be prepared to tell people about Jesus. But the context of it is this very passage. It means this. When we decide to repay evil with a blessing, people are going to turn their head. Amen? Because no one acts that way in this world. In this world, everybody responds to anger with anger. With evil with evil. 
And when someone rises above the crowd and responds to evil and hatred with goodness and love, folks are going to say, what in that world is that person smoking? Why is that person so different? What is it about you that makes you act that way? And first Peter says, be prepared to tell them why. What do we tell them? Well, it says in the next verse, verse 18. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. You see, here's the kicker. That's what you tell them. That's what you remember. You see, all of us can be difficult. Amen. And how did Jesus Christ respond to us? With amazing love, grace, and mercy, and forgiveness. That's what this verse is saying. Remember that. We respond to evil with blessing because that's what Jesus Christ has done for us. You see, we often forget that. When we're dealing with a difficult person, I have forgotten it too. Because you see, we're often harder on other people than we are on ourselves. And we remember, the more we draw closer to Jesus Christ and the cross and His love, do we remember what Christ Jesus has done for us So here's the message today. It's very simple. We are never more like Jesus Christ than when we love difficult people. We are never more like Jesus Christ than when we love the unlovable. It's the truth. You see, how we respond to difficult people will either betray our faith in Jesus Christ or reveal it. Because this is the, one of the things I believe, church. How we respond to difficult people in our lives is probably the greatest witness to our faith. Oftentimes people ask me, Charlie, how do I share my faith? How do I witness to uh, my faith? Well, oftentimes the best way to do it is how you respond to challenging and difficult people. So remember that if you don't respond in the right way, you may miss the greatest opportunity to witness to the light of Jesus Christ. You see, your life is your message. How you respond and how we respond to difficult people, that is our sermon. I remember in another church I served, I I had this parishioner who was always wanting to talk to me about his awful boss. Ever had a really awful boss? I mean, he just couldn't stand this guy. This guy was making his life very, very miserable. You know, he talked about how this boss was a manipulator and and just challenged him all the time. And, And every day at work, he just couldn't stand to go because he knew he had to face this boss. And then one day, one Sunday, they... This guy that I was talking to all the time was sitting with another person that I had never seen before. And... When I walked down after the service, I about fell over when this guy said, Hey, Pastor Charlie, this is my boss. I want to introduce you to him. you got to be kidding me. And then later, I went up to him. I said, What is going on? This boss you've been telling me about? You brought him to church? He said, Yeah, you won't believe it. He came up to me one day at work and said, 
where do you go to church? And I told him. And then he began to talk to me about how I was always kind, even in a difficult work environment. And he said, and this is, these are the words he said, there must be something to this faith business. And he brought him to church. And on many Sundays, they would be sitting together. We are never more like Jesus Christ than when we love the unlovable. So how does this work, right? When it comes to brass tacks, how does this really work? A sermon needs a handle on it, right? Because maybe some of you tomorrow, you're going to go into work and you're going to face that difficult person. Or maybe sometime this week, you're going to have dinner with that family member that is just insufferable to you and your whole family. What do you do? How do you respond? Yeah, here I'm going to tell you. This is the first thing you do. You pray persistently. Hear me. You pray persistently. You pray for that difficult person. And you pray for God to help you with that difficult person. That does two things, church. Number one, it opens you up to the power of Almighty God to do it. And it also does this, I've learned in my life. It humanizes the difficult person. Because oftentimes we pray for a difficult person, we are reminded that hurt people hurt people. But many times people are difficult because they are hurting inside and it gives us compassion and sensitivity. But here's another thing we're called to do, respond respectfully. Now I want to give you, free of charge, Now, you can put money in the offering plate if you want, but I want to give you free of charge some guaranteed responses that you can say to difficult people in those circumstances. The next time you're in a situation and that difficult person says something hurtful or mean or inappropriate, here are some things you can say. This will disarm them. You ready? That's interesting. Tell me more. That's interesting. Why would you say that? That's interesting. Why would you ask that? I want to hear everything you have to say, just not in that manner. You see, these statements do something amazing. They, they deflate the negativity in the room, and then they put a focus. They draw attention to the unkindness in a respectful way. Nine times out of ten, these statements will work. But here's another thing we must do. Compliment courageously. And this is something that I've learned personally when it comes to dealing with difficult people. And do this sincerely. But as you face a difficult person, find something in them that you sincerely appreciate and tell them. Because one of the things I've learned, some people can be difficult because they don't feel appreciated and valued. And once they feel valued and appreciated, sometimes all that negativity and bitterness just dissolves. It happened to me. In one of the early churches that I served, there was a man in that church that was the bane of my existence. When I voted yes, he voted no. When I was for something, he was against something. When I said the sky is blue, he said no, not really. On and on. I mean, really, it was a very difficult time in my ministry. And I had to pray hard 
to be like Jesus to this man. You ever had to do that? Pray with clenched teeth. Lord, help me with this person. Am I the only one? I hope not. Well, one day our church had a fall festival. And it was one of these arts and crafts things. And, and many of the parishioners, they had booze to show off their, their, their arts and, and crafts. And this guy that was so difficult, he had a booth filled with paintings. And they were beautiful paintings that he did himself. And so I walked into the booth and I said, hey, show me some of your paintings. And he did with great enthusiasm. He showed me every painting in that booth and they were really beautiful. The next day, I wrote him a note. I said, thank you for sharing with me your paintings. They are gorgeous. You're a wonderful artist. This is a true story. He shared that note with so many people in that congregation. He told everybody about it. And he never gave me a problem again. Though I know it doesn't always work that way and it's not always that easy. But it was a lesson for me. It was a huge blessing for me. Remember, that's what the Bible says. We will receive a blessing. Sometimes that blessing is to repair or renew a relationship. Sometimes that blessing is to be a witness to the light and love of Jesus Christ. And sometimes that blessing is just to experience the power of God beyond ourselves. But there will be a blessing. Now imagine, just imagine, if every follower of Christ would respond to difficult people this way. Imagine how different this world would be. Imagine. We are never more like Jesus Christ than when we love difficult people. Because when we were difficult, Jesus loved us. And this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Let's pray. Great God, we, we do pray for those people in our lives that are challenging or difficult. Remind us, Lord, as we pray for them today, how we can be difficult and have been difficult. Lord, give us grace and compassion and strength to respond to them with love and goodness. Help us to see, Lord, that perhaps our greatest witness in this world is how we respond to them. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. We, we hope this has been a time of inspiration and, and meaning for you. Receive this benediction. And now may that mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you also. May the love of God, our Heavenly Father, abide with you this day and throughout this week. May the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit fall fresh upon you. And the faith and fellowship of all true disciples of Jesus Christ go with you and sustain you both now and forevermore. Amen.